You're listening to curated podcasts from the Beyond Infinity radio show, presented by me, Piers Cunningham. And me, John Young. John, we've talked about a pretty serious situation that applies in the world's oceans. It's to do with plastic. Belatedly, countries are taking action. Indonesia's uh, getting rid of plastic bags in Bali, for example. You can't get plastic bags out of Circle K's and 7-Elevens like mm. you used to. So they are sort of uh, belatedly taking some action there. In Australia, as people will be aware, that you, you, you have to buy plastic bags at supermarkets. Yeah. And this is in response to a lot of plastic finding its way into the world's oceans and then winding up in microparticles and in throughout the whole ecosystem and in fish that we eat and then basically back in people. Yeah, well, look, plastics are a part of our life whether we like it or not they're just ubiquitous you know we tend to package things store things transport things whatever it happens to be there is usually a plastic element that's involved and unfortunately as you are correct it, it does break down and it can be as simple as if you're wearing some kind of synthetic clothing then the, the plastics that are associated with that can wash off that clothing. So let's uh, imagine that you've, you've put your clothes in the clothes washer and then you put it on a normal cycle. That wastewater is then set to the treatment plant. Well, the treatment plants don't have any filters or anything to capture any errant plastic. And when that water is then pumped out, sometimes it's pumped out into ocean water, yeah. uh, that then makes its way into the food chain. Now, that's not the only way. There's there's many, many ways, millions of ways that plastic end up in the ocean and then break down a plastic bag for example it never fully disintegrates it well it does down to sort of that microscopic particles and and the issue is an interesting way of how we've typically measured the plastic in the mm-hmm. water. Mm-hmm. And since the early 70s, there was normally sort of trawlers that were you know, having these nets go through the water and then picking up the water to measure what you know, size particles and how many particles were in there. But whenever you've got a net that's being used, there's always going to be the microscopic particles that get through that net. Yep. And that's sort of what they've found. So... Between 1971 and 2013, they were using the same kind of net to collect this. And they had an estimate for how many particles there were. So this was a standard method that was being used around the world to measure the amount of plastic in seawater. That's right. So if you think, you know, how how would you likely measure it? Do you get a cup and do you take that cup of water and then what do you do? Do you pour it through a filter? Well, if you're pouring it through a filter, what's getting captured in the filter and what's going through the filter? Hmm. The problem is we're talking about microscopic particles that are less than five millimeters in size and we're talking down to micrometers type size as well because of that they would typically through the the previous or the historical method of measuring would just go straight through the nets yeah right and so what they ended up looking at was an alternate way of measuring or capturing this and one of the ways was to actually take a fish called a salp this typically swims down to depths of 2,000 metres. Yep, and they're tiny gelatinous filter-feeding invertebrates. Yeah. So we're talking sort of like plankton-type organisms. Exactly. And so what they're doing is they're sucking in the water, and that's how they eat. They consume the, the surrounding plankton or other food sources mm. by sucking in and then filtering through that water. And then what's left is hopefully just food matter. What, what they've found is when they've fished for these mm. and they've pulled them out, they're finding microscopic particles of plastic. And not in just some of them but every single one of these selps that they've pulled out of the water has some of these and they're really deep these things live at depths of 2000 meters 
Well, what the concern is, is that if these selps then pass the plastics through to their fecal matter, mm. that is actually sinking down even further. Mm. And if there's the bottom feeders, which are then then consuming that fecal matter, and then those, you know, whether they be crabs, which are human consumed, mm. they're eating through that, then what's actually happening is that is how it's ending up in our food chain. So, wow. so these microscopic plastics are gathering. And it, look, it's not necessarily a surprise that there's plastic, but what was the surprise is the amount of plastic. And then they're estimating it that it's more than a million times what we had actually previously estimated, you know, in, in past measurements. Isn't it amazing? And, and they're actually saying that uh, they've done surface seawater samples as well as the salp specimens that you've mentioned. So they're kind of measuring multiple depths of the ocean to try to get a, a really general view. And they are finding a very big footprint of plastics as small as I think 10 micrometer which is thinner than the width of a human hair and the way they were able to see that was to put it under the fluorescent microscope to illuminate plastics because under certain wavelengths the plastics will shine so the researchers concluded that on average there's 8.3 million pieces of mini microplastics found in a typical cubic meter of ocean water that's in contrast to the previous estimate of 10 fragments per cubic meter so, so that comes down to the, the the way that they measured it the netting that was so a the massive difference yeah. i mean we're talking millions of times yeah. the amount of plastic yeah I'm, I'm amazed in a way that it was something as basic as oh the the, the thickness of the, the spacing between the nets or the, the you know the filter that was being used to, for this benchmark test i'm amazed that that was just something that well surely well, i we're guess gonna, it was it was probably not even really why don't we take it to the lab let's do it in the lab yeah they kind of thought well if there's plastic in the water they're talking about about bigger chunks of plastic you think about bottle tops or um, you know you know broken bits of plastic which are still visible to the human eye so i guess it's suggesting that it breaks down faster maybe than they thought well they were suggesting that there's a number of factors yes it breaks down but it's also if you're washing clothes and the synthetic fibers come off that Mm -hmm. um, then that's washing into the the waterways Mm -hmm. and they're the kind of microscopic pieces i mean they were talking the size we're talking about are thinner than human hair Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's not just that there are multiple products that we will use as a one-time plastic or a multi-use plastic that does end up breaking down or when you wash the plastic itself mm. then that's washing away these microfibery or micro pebble or sizes of plastic which ends up in this waterway and yeah. i mean if you think that it's bad in the ocean i mean obviously the, the the thing with the ocean is that it's got a it's got a mechanism for the thing dissolving because it's in a it's in a liquid and it gets moved around by ocean currents mm. so that this pollution gets spread all over the place and that's why they find it at the bottom you find at thousands of meters below you find it spread throughout all of the oceans of the world i would imagine be very interesting to see what the concentrations of plastic you know are right down in antarctica for example or up near the north pole particularly in antarctica it's a sparsely populated region one of the few last frontiers if you like on earth and i wonder how bad it is there but if it's bad in the oceans where there's this natural method of distribution with ocean currents but also a way of dissolving and breaking down the plastic imagine what it's like in the landed parts of, of the yeah, world where yeah. where you've got plastic being buried in in uh, landfill in and, landfill yeah, and, yeah. In, and rubbish dumps and tips and stuff i mean the, the concentrations would be much much higher one of the outcomes of the report or suggestions uh, was to actually have this test done because i think it was done off the the west coast of the us so it was saying look, look let's repeat this in other areas of the world mm-hmm. so this was it was focusing in on where the sort of the big great garbage patch is that yep. area yep. but it was suggesting well let's repeat this uh, method in different areas to see if it's as widespread as it is in this particular area i think what they'll find is it is likely yes uh, we know right around southeast asia where there's a massive rubbish problem particularly plastics that wash up on beaches that's obviously going 
going to be right throughout the waterways there and possibly even a higher concentration yet again. We don't know at this point. Isn't it amazing? And we're still making so many things out of plastic. And okay, it is a step in the right direction to be charging for plastic bags. But I mean, I've actually heard... It's been kind of a mixed reports coming out of the change in Australia to switching to paying for plastic bags. Okay, people are paying that they're having to pay 15 cents and maybe that makes people think or 20 cents or 10 cents or whatever it happens to be at an IGA or a Coles or a Woolworths or Aldi or wherever you happen to go. They're all charging. But the thing is that if you don't recycle that, if you, that just becomes your disposable plastic mm. bag, so effectively the supermarkets made some more money out of you because mm. they've charged you and they'd, they'd have some kind of margin built into the price they're charging for those plastic bags. They're not going to necessarily give them to you for cost or at a, a loss. Mm-hmm. So then unless there's reusing of deliberate effort, and I, I have to admit I, I, I've forgotten to take my plastic bags in there and I have to buy some more. Yeah. And then as a result of that, I've got plastic bags stuffed into the boot of the car, like yeah. heaps and heaps of them all inside each other. They're potentially going to be multi-use plastic bags, but often they're not. Two years ago, we invested in some of those thicker, heavy-duty sort of Hessian bags mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. we've got about ten of those, which yeah. we just so every time we're going shopping, they're in the car. But there are occasions where we have to swing past the supermarket and pick mm. things up, mm. and I do keep a couple of plastic bags, the thicker, heavy-duty ones that I've purchased before in there. But occasionally, yeah, I do have to buy an extra one. So look at yeah. the way things are packaged. Christmas is coming, and and basically this is a thing that happens in in households around Australia. You've almost got to get a Stanley knife or a really big car knife or something to get through this huge plastic wrapping mm-hmm. to extract this toy or extract this mm. this object that you've bought often made in China the packaging is a big part of it because they want the you know they want the thing to come out intact and survive the the shipping around the world to different markets but that's another sort another massive source of plastic well, look, and, and one of the issues is that you know we talk about if you have a food container that you put in the microwave you don't want the plastic contained BPAs which is the actual harmful to human health plastic but if there's BPAs used in other soft plastics which is then used for not food but for just regular wrapping of toys or equipment and then that ends up in the waterways and that ends up in the fish and then we eat the fish or the crabs or whoever it's eating that then those BPA products are ending up in our system regardless. So look, I encourage anyone that uh, wants to learn a bit more about this to obviously read into this uh, report. But there's also a, a good video which I recently watched on Netflix. And this is a series called Broken. It's about problems around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's episode number four, which is about the recycling sham. Mm-hmm. And it does focus particularly on plastics without throughout that episode. So it's a good insight into what uh, companies are doing to try and shift the blame to consumers mm. when I personally think it should actually be more back on the you know the manufacturers that mm. are utilising this plastic as, mm. a, as a form of you know, transport. Whether it's packaging or, or whatever it happens to be. You know, no, I think that sounds like a really good one. I'll check it out myself. Thanks for listening. We'd love you to review us on iTunes. It's a great way to let others know if you've liked our podcast. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Beyond Infinity RPPFM on Facebook or Infinity RPP on Twitter.